there on the internet. I am Matthew Galt, and this is Cyber on Twitch and on YouTube. You ever feel like somebody's watching you? Well, on the internet, that is often true. Every move you make on the internet generates reams of data that ISPs and data brokers sell on to- onto a ton of people who may want to take a look. It's a big business, one we don't often see the inside of. One of the companies buying up all the data is Team Cymru. Is that right? JC, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cymru, yeah, that's right. Who watches over all of it with a tool it calls Augury. Who buys Augury? We've just learned a lot of agencies within the federal government. Cyber Command, the Army, the Navy. They're all using this just to paw through your internet traffic. What exactly are they looking for? And what can they even see? Let's try to find out. With me today is the reporter who broke the story. It's Motherboard's own, Joseph Cox. JC, as always, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you for coming on. Mm, always. All right, so what is this tool, Augury? So Augury is a sort of dashboard or panel that a user would log into, and it has access to a wide range of different data types. Uh, We've reported actually on this tool sort of briefly before, uh, because one of the main data types uh, includes something called NetFlow data. That's almost sort of a, a nebulous, almost vague term. Um, at this point, but basically that shows, oh, this server is communicating with this server, uh, with this amount of data, uh, this volume, that sort of thing. Um, and that data comes from internet service providers and that sort of thing. But this new piece that we're showing uh, sort of elaborates on that and details that Augury has access to a little bit more data, or, or at least we're going in more depth with it. We're looking at more granular data, and that can include URLs visited by specific machines, cookies attached to particular web browsing sessions, um, and some email data as well. So it is not just this IP address to talk to this IP address. It's you know potentially much more sensitive information, um, depending on what sort of search or query the Augury user is uh, performing. All right, and what can you tell me about this company, uh, Team Cymru? What else do they do? Yeah, so Team Cymru is a cybersecurity firm. They have been around for years and years and years. I mean, if anybody has worked in information security for, you know, 10, 15 years, something like that, it might almost seem unusual. Be like, oh, why are they writing about these guys now? You know, they've been around for, um, you know, as long as some people can remember, right, in this industry. Um, They have basically very quietly um, become a major player in the threat intelligence industry. And the threat intelligence industry, broadly speaking, will do stuff like, oh, we're going to attribute this cyber attack, we're going to investigate this hack, we're going to uh, give a heads up to companies that maybe they're going to be targeted, that sort of thing. Team Cymru's niche is that they get access to and provide access to this NetFlow data that I was talking about at the top. Uh, and of course, I imagine we'll go into how uh, they get that. But that is sort of Team Cymru's 
unique selling point. They cornered the markets, basically, uh, in being able to obtain and then sell access to NetFlow data. They're not entirely unique in that space. I mean, I think we previously reported that uh, Palo Alto Networks had um, some sort of similar product. But typically, if you're in the InfoSec space and you think of NetFlow data, you think of Team Cymru. Okay, so... I kind of think of it as like a government program, but that's not really quite true. It's an independent company. It's a civilian company that is taking on military contracts, right? Right. That is the new part here. So when we previously reported um, about Augury, we were just speaking about, hey, there's this tool. And it was interesting because Team Cymru got the NetFlow data from internet service providers. You know, as, as multiple readers will know, we've covered a ton of how companies will obtain data such as location data from completely ordinary smartphone apps they will then take that repackage it or sometimes just sell the raw data to either more companies or perhaps to government clients as well this is very similar in the supply chain sort of thing but we're not talking about location data we're now talking more specifically about internet or network data uh like all those data uh, types i mentioned at the top and the the flow here is you know the isps will give the netflow data um to team cymru in return team cymru provides the isps with threat intelligence you know maybe we can see if there's malicious activity happening on your networks team cymru then takes that data packages it and puts it into augury now as you say in your question the sort of second part that we go into uh, in this piece beyond just more detail on um, the data types is that Team Cymru has been selling this tool to various US government agencies. Uh, I did this by reviewing online procurement records just publicly uh, on the internet. Uh, and there was a company called, I think, Argonne Ridge Group Limited. Uh, I think that's right off the top of my head. And... Um, I noticed that it shared an address with Team Cymru's office. Uh, and later when I spoke to Team Cymru, they confirmed it was an affiliate of them. But when you go through the contracts of Argonne Ridge Group, there was Cyber Command in there. There was the Navy, the Army, the Defense Counterintelligence and Security Agency, uh, the FBI, the Secret Service as well. And then when you drill down into those contracts further multiple examples of the contracts explicitly mentioned augury and if they did not some of them explicitly mentioned netflow data so the ones that did mention augury were the the more military focused ones the the, the army the navy and the uh defense counterintelligence security agency uh and you know there was some cross-referencing there such as in the contracts it says that the navy had bought a platinum license to augury uh, whereas none of the other contracts mentioned that but when you compare the prices i think it was the army they paid the exact same amount dollar us dollar figure as a platinum license so you know there's a potential that the army bought it as well but that's basically the second part of the piece beyond uh the listing out the data types is that yes we've found and confirmed that the government um has purchased and, and is using this data as well it's one of the things i always uh find interesting about reporting on the pentagon and the defense industry in the u.s um there's a lot that's secret right but there's a shocking amount that if you just have the patience to go through a bunch of paperwork uh and are smart about making the connections and kind of knowing what to look for you can learn a lot you can learn a, a whole lot and a lot of it's public in searchable databases that anyone can go and, and pilfer through right now 
Um, I mean, I mean, just on that briefly, that is interesting because you're entirely right. And as I said, these contracts were out there publicly. Uh, well, not the contracts themselves, but the procurement records, as in, you know, this agency paid this company this amount of money on this date. Those are publicly accessible. Now, the interesting wrinkle to that is that um, Senator Ron Wyden's office has tried to get more information from the DOD about the sorts of data um, they've been purchasing. Um, the DOD replied in a letter, and I hope I'm not butchering the specifics here, but one of the answers was classified, meaning that, of course, Senator Ron Wyden was not able to release information about that answer. And they certainly couldn't tell me or, or their staff who have clearances couldn't talk to me about it, obviously, either. Now, and that, but we do know that question or that answer specifically did involve internet metadata. Now, that's interesting and, and a little bit funny, because now we're talking about the sale of a tool which has internet metadata in it, you know? So have we just found something that the DOD provided in a classified answer that's actually in public procurement records? Obviously, that would be, uh, you know, a leap too far, and we obviously don't speculate on that in the article, but we do include that context around that the DOD has not wanted to answer questions um, about their data purchasing in general. All right, I've got uh, some questions here from the audience, some some I can answer. Uh, so are these different branches negotiating and buying separately? You'd think they would be able to get some sort of package deal. Um, it's not kind of how government contracting works. Uh, first of all, a lot of these agencies don't necessarily get along super great. Uh, and the other thing is it's, it, there's an incentive for team Cymru to do separate negotiations to get the best price, right? That's capitalism, baby. Uh, <laughs> and another, just, uh, a, a comment from Emery Lee, 2014, that I will read in a sarcastic voice. What possibly could the government be doing with this data apart from investigating the misdeeds of others, which leads me to my next question. Do we have any idea what the use cases are here? Do we, do we have any idea? Um, we do now, you know, so without going too in depth on the process, I will just say that we gave all agencies involved in this a lot of time to comment, you know, and the Navy, uh, shortly after we published the piece did get back to us. Um, and they managed to formulate an answer specifically about um, NCIS, which is the civilian law enforcement arm of the Navy, which does have a contract with, um, well, which does have a uh, details of a transaction, including those procurement records, NCIS. And obviously we'll talk about NCIS probably more specifically in the moment. But they replied and said, well, first of all, I asked, do you get a warrant for this? And they said, it's not necessary to obtain a warrant. Uh, and then secondly, they say they haven't used it in a criminal investigation, but what they do use it for is various counterintelligence efforts. Now, I couldn't speculate further on what those counterintelligence efforts are, but, you know, take that at face value and is what it is. What I would say is that Team Cymru did tell us that in their contracts, they specifically say you as a client, can only use this to protect your own network. Um, now, that's all well and good, but without knowing more specifics from NCIS on what those counterintelligence efforts are, we don't really know if they're following that rule or not. And I think, crucially as well, we've seen 
the users of the Augury platform, or I think it's under a different brand name now, but I'll just say Augury for consistency. The other users of the Augury platform have used the tool to do investigations that don't involve their own network. And it actually involves Citizen Lab, which is, you know, a research organization that a lot of our readers and listeners will probably be familiar with. And they do work into finding, you know, uh, evidence of abuse by spyware companies and their clients. The long and short of it is the Citizen, Labs, Citizen Lab used Augury to identify what they believed was a compromised machine with Israeli uh, mercenary spyware. And then that was used as part of an investigation to find that specific person and image the hard drive and confirm spyware was on there. Now, that's not protecting your own network. And I'm certainly not saying the Citizen Lab, you know, did anything wrong there. You know, that's in their mandate. They go out and they, they find this sort of information, right? But that is not what Team Cymru said is in their contract, you know? So there are still unknowns, I think, or still questions about what, specific use cases of government clients using for this data, you know? All right. And can we get, just so it's real clear here, what is the list of government clients? Who is using this? Who's purchased it? Um, with Augury specifically, it's Cyber Command. It is the Navy, including NCIS, but then also another part of the, the Navy, the Army as well. And then when it comes to company uh, agencies that just have contracts, with the uh the argon company that is fbi and secret service now look maybe the fbi has access to augury as well but you know that would be again a leap because it's not mentioned in the documents but what it does say is that the fbi did buy netflow data at least and then there's a little paragraph in the procurement records and they say we're using this to integrate with other NetFlow data we have as part of a proof of concept or, or, or something like that. So there is a lot of reading between the lines that you do have to do when you're reading these documents. And to be honest, I don't really like to do that. You know, I'd rather just say, these three military agencies, they explicitly say they get augury. And this one, the Navy explicitly says it gets augury platinum, something like that. And then sort of leave it as that, you know, but there is clear evidence that multiple of those agencies I named have bought access to this platform. This is from not Mickey in the stream who I think is a, a pretty frequent guest here. Uh, do we know if Augury has any ability to see what its clients are doing with the data? Um, no idea. And I, I, I so I just wouldn't speculate on it, but no, that's no, an no, interesting fair. question for sure. No, that's uh this is one of those things where we're probably going to be learning a lot more over the coming weeks, hopefully, but there's probably going to be a lot of times where we just don't know the answer to the questions. Right. Um, mm -hmm. I, yeah, there, there are, there are a lot of caveats, unknowns and questions in this piece. And look, I will admit this is like one of the more technical pieces and complicated articles I've probably ever worked on. You know, usually I'm like, Oh, okay. This app sends this location data to this, to this, uh, SDK provider or something, you know, that's not very technical for us. We can take apart the Android app. We can intercept the traffic. That's fine here. It's like, you're trying to put together uh, like a jigsaw puzzle and you don't even know how many pieces there are or what even the shape of the pieces you actually have are so it's difficult yeah but i think what we presented as far as i know is you know it, it moves the conversation forward about what this tool is and tools similar like to it uh similar to it and you know whether um well and what governments do with it you know at the end of the day all the 
the point of this is is just to add to a conversation about it. You can't have that conversation if people don't know about it. Um, all right, we're going to pause there for a break. If you are watching on Twitch, we'll be right back immediately. If you are listening to the podcast, we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. All right, everybody, welcome back to Cyber. This is Matthew Galt. We are talking to Joseph Cox about his new piece in Motherboard that is titled, let me pull it up here. It's got a great title, Revealed U.S. Military Bot Mass Monitoring Tool that Includes Internet Browsing Email Data. And all right, so we were talking right before the break about kind of like these technical questions. This one was that just like sent me to look things up, make sure I understood terms. So can we, uh, can you tell me what, packet capture data is exactly and why it's important to this story. I know we've talked about NetFlow data already. Yes, yes. So I guess try to think of NetFlow as the higher level data, the more, oh, here's a bird's eye view of this server talking to this server, right? And I appreciate I'm sort of um, varnishing over the intricacies a little bit, but that's the best way to think about it at the moment. And then if you go down into more detail, that's when you're going to start to get uh, packet tap, uh, capture data, you know, PCAP, as it's often known in the, in the InfoSec world. And this, very generally speaking, is everything that comes from a device. It is all network traffic that comes from a device. And, you know, one quote that came from Zach Edwards, a cybersecurity uh, researcher who follows the data trading uh, ecosystem a lot. When I told him about this, and I was just trying to get uh, an expert to help me explain to readers in sort of layman's terms just how significant it is that PCAC is included in this, he said something to the effect of, you know, it's ev- it's everything, and there's nothing else left except the smell of electricity or something along those lines. I hope I didn't butcher that quote. But that was a very good way of putting it, I think, is that this information is very, very powerful. And when I first saw that in the in the Navy procurement record, that's when I realized, oh, wow, this is a lot more interesting than just uh, sort of the high-level data that we previously understood um, Augury to have um, access to. Now, with all that being said, yes, PCAP may, PCAP may generally be everything that comes from a device but the procurement record is specific in that it says it is just um uh you know smtp pcap which is an email protocol or or there's imap as well which is another email protocol so clearly this is just pcap but only relating to email so that's sort of you may have everything and then it narrows down to email right and there's another one that says there's a FTP and RDP PCAP. Now, FTP is a file transfer protocol um, that maybe older listeners might be uh, familiar with, or if you work in a corporate environment, something like that. And RTP is remote desktop, when you may have a TeamViewer account or something like that, where you're remote into a computer. 
So Team Cymru is also claiming it has PCAP data related to those as well. So we've gone from everything to more of these few specific use cases. Um, and then when I spoke to Team Cymru, they did say that they do then limit the amount of data that is presented in a search query. Now, they weren't very specific on how they actually um, limit it. You know, well, okay, it's, what is the end result? That's not given? super comforting, I'm going to say. Yes, and, and, and just very briefly some context on that. You know, look, every company, individual, has every single right to never want to reply to me or to reply to a request of comment, but I'm always going to attempt to do it. You know, that, that's, that's the point. We have to be fair more, more than anything. Right. And when we've covered Augury and, and, and team Cymru before, uh, I don't believe the company engaged with me and I don't think they responded this time. They have responded. Um, and they did provide some answers that were very precise, but also raised more questions, you know? And when I said, Hey, look, here is this Navy record saying you have cookies and URLs visited. Is that the case? They never directly answered the question. You know, we verified that through other ways. And then just to um, sort of wrap that up when it came to the the, the PCAP stuff, um, I won't go into detail about this, but I would just say that additionally, I've seen screenshots of cookies, URLs visited, uh, and email data being returned in the Augury platform. So I know, uh, or, or at least... That is corroborating evidence that this is what Augie contains, yeah. Well, yeah, I want to be careful here, but I do want to ask the question, Is that, and you mentioned this in the story, so I'm not speaking out of school. You have seen what the back-end panel of this thing looks like, right? Like, you've seen, like, what the search bar looks like and, and what kind of things a client would see if they were using this, the tool, right? Yeah, the, the one screenshot that we published uh, in the piece is... Uh, one I think was pretty helpful. You know, like we we have all of this text talking about all these different sorts of data or whatever. But then the screenshot is here's a little box with drop down menus, and it shows cookies, uh, URLs, uh, user agents, which are again a very identifying parts of your your browser, right? And FTP traffic, as I mentioned as well. Um, so yeah, without elaborating further on that, I would just say yeah, I've I've seen corroborating, um screenshots of uh the augury panel yeah how (laughs) how are they getting this are they just buying it from the isps um so when we reported on it before multiple sources in the threat intelligence industry told me that it's more of an exchange you know the isps give data to um to team cymru and in return, Team Cymru provides a service, which is their own threat intelligence. You know, we will uh, maybe provide you a tool or uh, insight into what is happening on your own network. What Team Cymru has and as their expertise is that they are clearly very, very adept at handling massive flows of data. You know, and I mean... We didn't really talk about this at the top, but just to give an idea of the scale here, we're talking, you know, is it is it petabytes, uh, petabytes, petabytes? You know, it's getting so big, I don't even know the terms anymore, you know, uh, which is just ridiculous. And it comes from something like 550 different points around the world, including North and South America, Africa, uh, Asia, Europe, the, the Middle East, that sort of thing. So clearly Team Cymru is exceptional at handling these 
super massive data sets, you know. And I think uh, one of the Team Cymru marketing materials says we provide clients with a super majority of the world's internet traffic. And another one says 93%, something like that. Um, so that expertise or that tooling is what Team Cymru is providing to the ISPs in exchange for this information. Then, of course, Team Cymru turns around, has this augury platform, which it then sells at a profit to um, government clients. And again, I, maybe if this wasn't clear earlier on, Team Cymru is also selling this to private industry clients. You know, that's how we initially covered the story was that, hey, there's like this, you know, basically the worst kept secret in the threat intelligence world is that ISPs are giving away data, which is then being sold. It's so wild to me because the we used to talk about, you know, maybe five, 10 years ago about, uh, you know, we're generating all this data and there's this big data problem, right? You've got this big mass churn of data, but you can't really find anything in it. It seems like Team Cymru is starting to corner the market on finding it, right? Like figuring it out. Right, right. I mean, you have, of course, you have all of these different layers of the, of the web and the internet and the underlying infrastructure and all of that. And, you know, at the very, very high level, you might have, oh, I'm a social media company and I see what my users do. And then I put cookies onto their web browser and I track what they're doing around the internet, that sort of thing, right? Um, and then you go lower and lower and lower until eventually you get to, you know, the ISPs and then you get to the tier one ISPs, which actually resell to the the Verizons and the AT&Ts or whoever. And then, you know, you get down to the literal, the undersea cables which run across the oceans which carry the data, you know. And Team Cymru has inserted itself into one of those lower layers. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying they're driving submarines and <laughs> putting taps on undersea cables, you know, uh, CIA or NSA or GRU style, but they have developed relationships with ISPs, which is a pretty fundamental layer of the internet at least when it comes to the ordinary consumer or, or the or, a typical user of the internet right i don't think the ordinary consumer of the internet really thinks beyond well i get my internet from verizon you know to I me mean? like verizon is the is the company that provides the internet and you know that is the sort of level that um team Cymru is operating at. i'm not saying verizon specifically is providing this data i don't know but i'm just using it as an example all right. So, what did the government agents? Which government agent? You you contacted all the government agencies, I assume. Who got back to you? What did they say? I know we kind of talked a little bit about it at the top with the Navy. Yeah, the vast majority um, did not get back to me. The most of them uh, took a long time to respond um, until eventually the Navy did provide. Um, some information, but I'll get to that in a second. The main thing I found was that I was getting... I'm just trying to plug my laptop in. Um, we were... I was getting moved around the agencies a lot, you know. Uh, I think I contacted... Um, I've played that game before where, where they're like, well, we don't know who you should talk to to get to, to get yeah. a comment from, so we're going to send you over here. And, may, and then that person sends you back to the first person and you're just kind of going around right. in a circle. Yeah. It, it was basically that between the Navy, the DOD, and then I think Cyber Command got in there as well. But long and short of it is, didn't really get an answer from anybody until the Navy did elaborate a little bit on NCIS, which, as I mentioned, was, you know, they're using it for counterintelligence uh, work, but they didn't really go beyond that, you know. 
Right. And I assume this is not something that's popped up in like any case files or, or any kind of prosecution or anything that, that we're aware of. We've, we've not seen it being used, right? No, we haven't. And I imagine it's probably going to be more an intelligence tool anyway, you know, um, of it, it feels more because of course it is a tool very much suited to the threat intelligence industry and private, uh, private industry analysts use this, you know, somewhat frequently it seems to look for leads and then they'll pivot on that and they'll find um a server hackers are using or something like that it seems to be more that sort of use case rather than we're going to put in the court documents and say you know this ip to this ip because again you know it is talking about um the communication of infrastructure it is talking about the communication potentially of servers or, or, or devices right it is not uh john doe did xyz although that being said of course it is a tool designed for looking at infrastructure if it includes cookies and urls visited that is information that you know potentially a person has typed in of course it could be a piece of malware has also gone to a specific domain to maybe pull a payload or or whatever or to exfiltrate data but it can also be a person at the end of it all right. So another part of this that we haven't really talked about is the whistleblower aspect, right? Can you yes? Can you tell me there there is a whistleblower involved here, right? What's going on? Yeah. So I'll be um, sort of just keeping it to what I understand came out in this letter from Senator Ron Wyden. But while I was working on this story, um, Senator Ron Wyden, uh, his office flagged that they were going to send this letter. The details, and the letter is addressed to the oversight committees, you know, the, the Office of the Inspector Generals of Department of Defense, Department of Justice, and Department of Homeland Security. And Wyden is writing to them, asking, you know, please investigate the warrantless, the warrantless use of data by your underlying agencies. Okay, that's one thing. Also included in the letter is uh, a paragraph, a couple of paragraphs that says his office has been approached by a whistleblower who says they have filed formal complaints up their chain of command, including with the DOD and I think the Defense Intelligence Agency as well. And this person, this person alleges that specifically NCIS, the the Civilian Law Enforcement Arm of the Navy that we spoke about a little bit before, specifically they have been using and purchasing this data without a warrant um now of course that's interesting because i'd already found the and already reviewed the contracts um from ncis uh and the navy more generally and the army and that sort of thing and this just adds sort of an additional wrinkle that more than anything you know people want to ask questions about what this data is and how it's being used you know um, and again, we have that we have that small uh, nugget of information um, from the NCIS saying that they use it for counterintelligence. But this is a much more forceful, a forceful letter from a senator saying, "DoD, DHS, DOJ, please investigate um, what's going on here." You know, specifically to the parts of those agencies or the officers of the Inspector General, which are tasked with finding out the answers to these questions, you know? They have a lot more ability to find out the answers than you or me, basically. 
I think it's so wild, big picture stuff that we've we we built all these communication tools and kind of barreled forward. Um, and there's all of these conversations and conflicts that we're kind of playing out right now uh, around things like the right to privacy, what parts of this constitute right to privacy, and we're constantly playing catch up. But the but the companies that have all the access to this stuff are they're going to have to be stopped. Like these fights are going to have to happen. Nobody's going to not take advantage of the tools that are available and the information that's available to them. Right. Um, Anyway, I have, I have a question from the audience. I think the answer was probably, we don't know, Uh, but it's, it's a decent one from uh, Isaiah Sarju. Any idea of if load balancing companies like Cloudflare are selling this data to them? Because then they could get access to HTTPS data, decrypted data such as cookies transmitted over SSL or TLS. Anything like that? Um, nothing about them specifically. All, all I would add is that we we know the NetFlow data at a sort of higher level is coming from the ISPs to Team Cymru. When it gets more specifically to the PCAP, the cookies, the URLs visited... Um, it wasn't entirely clear at the time we wrote that piece uh, or published this piece today whether that also comes from the ISPs. That's like a slightly open question in that uh, there wasn't solid footing, sort of to say, and this also comes from the ISPs, you know, which are a long way of saying that there are potentially there are potentially other sources, and I've seen indications of other sources, but um, not that we're ready to publish just yet, yeah. Yeah, there'll be more to this story, I'm sure. I've got another good question from Sam Cox 221 uh, about the letter specifically. Am I just misunderstanding? With this letter, it seems like these agencies cannot do this without legal processes. So how can they get this type of information without it? Yeah, so, I mean, that's a tricky one, right? And when it came to the sale of location data, which, again, we've covered a lot, and we showed the U.S. military was buying that, the Wall Street Journal first revealed that ICE and Customs and Border was buying it, and uh, and then we followed up on that with more law enforcement agencies purchasing it. Basically, after a Supreme Court ruling, Carpenter, there in that ruling it dictates that if you are going to obtain location data you should have to go get a warrant now these agencies have not been doing that with location data because they just go to a company uh, sometimes one called ventel sometimes another one called babble street with a pro, uh, product called locatex and they just pay you know tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars to access a tool and they're like well we don't need a warrant because this third party is giving us the data, you know? And there has been a lot more discussion around that because there's been a lot more coverage of location data, you know, obviously by us and others as well. And I think it's a lot more tangible for people to understand. It's like, oh, you usually get a warrant after Carpenter when you get location data, so why doesn't it apply to here? And that's sort of an ongoing legal discussion, right? But at least discussion is happening there. When it comes to this sort of more broad internet netflow data and then drilling down into the pcap as well like do you need to get a warrant for that and i can definitely see some people arguing whether you should do because if you get a cookie or something like that sometimes a cookie is going to be information you would get from google or facebook or something if you did serve a warrant on them you know that could be very useful uh, to a law enforcement investigator or maybe it's just bundled as part of a another data request to the company but there's a warrant there or at least a you know a subpoena or, or, or something right um but here it appears 
at least according to this whistleblower who says warrantless use. And then the NCIS response to me where they say they don't need a warrant, it appears they're not obtaining a warrant, potentially, right? And now I think after this piece is out, there can be more of discussion of, well, should that be the case or not? And maybe legal experts will come to the conclusion, no, this isn't the same as location data, you know, this isn't... This doesn't fall under Carpenter or something like that. But, you know, arguably the email stuff, I mean, that could fall under communications data. And I think the widened letter even touches on that, right? Which is going to be another whole other can of worms. Um, But I think now legal experts and and the wider public community can look at this and figure out, um, you know, how and when should this sort of data be accessed? I do love our audience because they, uh, they always got good questions and they remind me of questions I was going to ask and then forgot to. This one comes from Blended Cookie. Is this significantly new or unique to the Snowden leaks or is it just more of the same? I mean, I, I, would, I would call it different in that this is a, as, as far as I understand, this is a distinct, different tool. You know, I mean, I've never had unfettered access to the Snowden archive or anything like that, but Team Cymru and Augury was never mentioned um, in uh, any of the Snowden documents. And of course, I think in the vast majority of cases, very generally speaking, when you talk about the Snowden documents, you're going to be talking about data access, which is facilitated more by the agencies themselves, right? It's going to be GCHQ hacking into Belgicom to get access to their data. It's going to be NSA intercepting routers or laptops to then plant their malware. It is not, as far as I can remember, you know, 2013 was a long time ago, but I followed it pretty closely. It didn't really talk about purchases of data from the commercial sector. You know, of course, there was PRISM, which is, you know, um, a very complicated system with social media companies, all that sort of thing. But this is different in that, first of all, again, as I mentioned, a different tool, like literally a different platform. But also this is, you give us money, <laughs> we give you access to the platform. I think it's very different for that reason as well. All right. So what should the takeaway be here for people in the audience that are just, you know, they've got a low, low threat profile for this kind of thing. They're just normal people on the internet. What are we supposed to, like, can we just run a VPN? Like, what What are we supposed to do here? Well, I mean, Team Cymru's Augury platform is specifically, or rather I should say, Team Cymru's data is specifically supposed to be able to follow people through virtual private networks. You know, that is one of the um, marketed features of it, that you could follow hackers from this hop to this hop. And if somebody's running a proxy, well, this is the tool to get around it. You know, this is what's supposed to give you visibility to avoid that. But I think for the ordinary internet user, of course, it depends on what exactly agencies are doing. But in the vast majority of cases, I don't think you need to worry uh, about the Navy or the Army or Defense Counterintelligence Security Agency looking specifically at your internet data. But that is kind of beside the point, right? And that's why, even though we don't know all of the specific use cases the agencies have for this data, it's simply the fact that it is gathered and sold. That it, that is enough of a story, you know, that that brings it to the realm, uh, sort of over the threshold of there's enough of a public interest to uh, write about this and for people, if they're interested, to read about it. For the ordinary internet user, I don't think it's going to change anything much, but I will say that I was pretty... Uh, I took a step back when I saw that stuff about cookies and URLs and PCAP data because um, I cover this a lot and I hadn't really seen that 
before you know so i guess if there's any takeaway it's like i don't know try not to be uh still try to be surprised (laughs) you know even when it seems like oh now they now they have sensors and isps or whatever you know still try to be surprised because then you can well is this something i care about or not and do i want to participate in this conversation it can always get worse and weirder uh i think is something that we've all been learning for the past 10 years especially when it when it comes Mm -hmm. to this kind of beat right uh Mm -hmm. i do uh emory what emory lee has a has a comment i think is pretty good uh it's also possible that team cumry isn't as good as it says it is right that they yeah, are yeah. selling something to the government that maybe they can't quite deliver on or is so complicated that the end user is maybe not necessarily getting quite what they thought they were going to get, right? It's possible. Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely possible. And I, I guess the only thing I would add to that is just that it's not like NetFlow data is some sort of a magic silver bullet. You know, in my conversations with threat intelligence people who have who have used NetFlow data, they will often say that the use case is, again, maybe following uh, following hacking activity through virtual private networks, identifying a C2 by a hacker, that sort of thing, uh, or, you know, generally trying to attribute uh, cyber attacks. That, you, like, that isn't all of the work. It's not, like, magically done when you, when you get access to NetFlow data. You still then have to figure out other stuff, and then maybe you pivot off that and you'll use another data set, that sort of thing. So it's not um, it's a magical silver bullet, but it is... I think a lot of threat intel people will probably agree. It is at least a very interesting and potentially useful data set within the right sort of investigative context. All right. This is the the question I want to go out on. Um, So there is an interesting angle that you report on this story here. Uh, Can you, can you give me the Tor network connection? Yes. So the CEO of um, team Cymru, uh, I think it's Rabbi Rob, Tobus, sorry if I've uh, uh, butchered that, but they were um, on the Tor uh, Tor project board. Now, the Tor project is the non-profit that maintains the Tor anonymity software, you know, including the Tor browser. Now, most people will know it as that sort of a browser that you download and it routes my traffic through uh, all of these servers all over the world and it allows me to browse the internet, you know, somewhat pretty robustly anonymously right and of course that is an organization that's very much about privacy and transparency and be able to access the internet anonymously obviously that's the entire point of the software blah 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 um i think the article says back in april uh when i first learned that the ceo of team cymru was on the board of the tour project i reached out and i said could you just help square this for me like here is the ceo of a company that's selling data which can follow people through VPNs. You know, it doesn't specifically say follow through Tor, and, and we never say that, and nobody said that, but it does say follow through VPNs, right? Can you square that with this person also being on the Tor project board? And the response was, we've looked into it and we don't see any con- conflict of interest. That, you know, um, they, the Tor project entirely has their own pejorative defined or, or, you know, decide what is a conflict of interest. That's entirely up to them. But I will admit I was a little surprised by that because that still didn't quite answer my question of how you can have those positions at the same time, but that's absolutely fine. Um, and then we included that in the piece. And the only thing I would add is that this isn't in the article, uh, but I believe that he's no longer on the board uh, as of um, somewhat recently. 
Uh, and of course, I'll update the article when I've heard back from Tor Project about that. So I just didn't want to do that uh, until I actually have their statement. But um, that was an interesting uh, wrinkle for sure. It looks like somebody just shared the minutes with us. Uh, I don't know if we've got time to jump into to all of that right now. I think we have to let. Oh, resigned August fourth. They say, and they've shared the meeting or the the meetings minutes in there. That's interesting. Um, mm-hmm. All right, I gotta let you go. I know we've both got stuff that we've got to report on. Joseph Cox, thank you so much for coming on to Cyber once again and walking us through this excellent story. If you like the show, that is the wrong. That's not the intro uh, outro music. That's the outro music. Everything was very confusing there for a minute. That, that, um, that was a, that was a long vibe. I thought, oh my god, we're going to do another thirty minutes now. Okay, <laughs> it's sir. It's been about forty-five. Um, it was a good oh, episode. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, if you like the show, please sign up to follow us on Twitch. We're at twitch.tv forward slash motherboard TV, and we're also now simulcasting live on YouTube. Today was the first one. Hopefully, there weren't too many issues there. That's at youtube.com forward slash motherboard TV and the VODs should live on YouTube forever Uh, Twitch does dump them about uh, two weeks after they're gone they'll live forever on YouTube and of course if you're listening to the podcast we love you you're a huge part of the audience come check us out recording live it's fantastic you get your answer you get to ask questions the reporter will talk to you live it's great it's wonderful it's a good time JC thank you so much for coming on Uh, stay safe out there on the internet don't be too paranoid Try not to be too paranoid. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.